0: Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, uh, someone who was told somewhere along the line you should write a book, and he took it to the extreme. And he is prolific, and he is dynamite at it, best-selling author. Mark Bego is our very special guest. His latest is a biography on Aretha Franklin. He's got three books coming out this year, uh, 65 books all totaled. And he'll correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but Mark Bego, how are you?
0: I'm great. I'm great, thank you.
1: Well, listen, congratulations on all the success. Uh, it's. I, I said to you off, Mike, it's nice to talk to someone who's prolific, but it's nice to talk, somebody, uh, talk to someone who does what they do very well and does a lot of it. So congrats on that.
0: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm really pleased to have a career that has uh, spanned from the 70s to now. And, in fact, uh, the three books you mentioned uh, before brings me up to 67 books. Amazing. So it's amazing. It's been an amazing career. And I'm 66 years old, so that's a book a year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's just beautiful, really. I mean, really really nice. If you don't mind, give us a little bit of your history, and and let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised?
0: I was born in Pontiac, Michigan, where Madonna was raised, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. And uh, I studied journalism at Central Michigan University. And I just went into journalism and decided that If I had a record review column in the college newspaper, I discovered that I got free albums. I thought that was so cool. (laughs) Well, then I started doing concert reviews. It was like, oh, my God, I got free concert tickets. So I got a call one day uh, in the dorm from ABC Records. Hi, this is the publicist for ABC Records. Uh, Steely Dan's coming to your campus. Do you want to interview them? Well, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So in -hmm. the middle of the interview, Frank, I said to myself, I thought, interview rock stars. That's what I want to do for a living. So when I graduated from college in May of 1974, I moved to New York City three weeks later with my clippings from my college newspaper and started working for Grosset and Dunlap Publishers. And lo and behold, that was the company that bought my first two books, Barry Manilow and The Captain and Tennille. So that gives you an idea of the time frame. Wow.
1: just, Just incredible. What a career... And it's still going strong. I mean, it's. uh, uh, Let me ask you about methodology. I mean, it it must have changed, uh, you know, simply because of technology, but I won't put words in your mouth. I mean, how much has your methodology, your personal uh, approach to writing changed?
0: Well, my writing is still very honest and conversational, and uh, I keep it that way so that when the reader reads one of my books and, you know, wants to know the facts about, Uh, one of these rock stars or movie stars or whoever else I'm writing about at the time, I do it in a way that that it's like I'm having a conversation with the reader. That's what's in my head when I write these books. But I think that the key to my success has been the ability to see what's going on in the business and predict who's going to be big next year. And uh, this happened to me in 1983 when a publisher approached me and said, who do you want to write about? I said, Michael Jackson, I was working at CBS Records at the time, and I said, they are putting so much money in this thriller album, I don't think this has peaked at all. I think it's going to just get bigger and bigger. So he took a chance on my book. It came out the week that he caught his hair on fire during the Pepsi commercial. I sold 8 million Michael Jackson books in 8 languages. Wow. Then I was off to the races. (laughs) They said to me, well, who's next? Who do you think is next? Who's going to be big next year? And at the time, I was also working for the old movie fan magazine, Modern Screen, which at the time was full of MTV and Dallas and Dynasty and what have you. And I said, well, there's this gal from my hometown who I think is just going to be huge. She calls herself Madonna. And they took a chance on me. I sold another million books on Madonna and became the first author to write anything about her. Just, so, uh,
1: yeah, incredible. Just absolutely incredible. Uh, oh, thank you. Let me let me just remind folks that might just be joining us a little late or turning on their radio a little late, Frank McKay here with Mark Bego. And he is a uh, best-selling author, a million sellers uh, a couple times over. But 65 books by the time this year is done, He'll have 67 books out. And I, I, I think it's just uh, amazing. And, uh, again, quality stuff, uh, things that the, the public – Loves and and critics uh, love as well. I mean, you you come across in a very honest way. I was excited when I saw your name come across through a publicist. I was like, whoa, you know. I, I mean, I I didn't know how to pronounce your name. I've heard it a couple <laughs> different ways.
0: That's okay. I I I uh, will answer the Bego bagel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything. <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's Bego, and it's Frank McKay here with Mark Bego. And uh, let me let me get a little into your your background a little more into your your history. Uh, early on uh, first of all what did you folks do and who's the first writer that you recognized as a young kid that hey this is a writer this is someone who does this professionally
0: well i have to say well my first of all to answer one of your questions my dad was of course in the car business everyone in Detroit especially back then if it wasn't automotive related uh, you know (laughs) you weren't part of it and you know, That's one of the reasons that I moved from Detroit to New York City right out of college is because I wanted to get in the middle of show business. And although uh, Detroit has all kinds of famous people uh, arriving there and doing concerts and plays and what have you, New York was really the place to really you know, establish myself, and the publishing houses were there. Yeah. So, uh, so that, was, that was part of you know, what I wanted to, uh, wanted to be right in the middle of. And the reason that I really have a passion for music is that I was going to become a graphic artist. I still paint to this day, and I I design jewelry, and I do all kinds of artistic things just as a hobby. But I would sit in my room when I was a teenager and listen to all this fabulous music on my stereo and uh, imagine uh, writing about these people, meeting these people, what their lives were like. So I have a natural curiosity when I begin a book of, you know, what is, what is someone like Billy Joel like? What is someone like Elton John like? What makes them tick? What was their childhood like? What really inspires them? So I report my findings in my book, and uh, I think that the readers identify with that, that, that I, it's an honest conversation with someone who wants to discover who these people are and, and relate this information in a, in a, in a nice, nice, upbeat way. So that's, that's kind of my, uh, my credo for my, uh, my writing career.
1: You you mentioned working at the label. I I don't know if you said Columbia or...
0: uh, I was at CBS Records. Actually, you remember uh, Columbia Record Club? They used to advertise in magazines. Get 12 albums for free and buy 12 more in the next year, and they're all three cents or whatever it is. Someone had to write their catalog. So I was at CBS Records back in the 80s and was a staff writer there so i got uh, access to all kinds of things a- as well as a fabulous record collection which i still have to this day and thank goodness vinyl is back <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah well i was going to say i th- i think i got a pretty good record collection from C- uh from cbs uh, publishing house too i just I, I I don't know that I <laughs> put it under my own name, right? It used to be, you know, that was the that was the whole thing as kids. I mean, everyone would would put in a penny. I think it was like for a penny get uh, you know twelve of these things. But then, then you were signed up, and, and so forth. But you were writing for that. You were, you were doing the you were doing the the writing for the catalog for these folks. So you must have uh, got a vibe of what uh, you, you know of what was selling, what people were interested in. Um, Were you keeping tabs on what was coming in and what was going out?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. used to pour over Billboard magazine every week, you know, to see what was going on, who had new albums coming out, which of the people that I really was interested in, you know, had something new coming out. So it was, you know, it was a real natural thing for me to do. And uh, I mentioned that as a teenager, I'd sit in my room and listen to records and, and imagine these people's lives. Well, the first ten albums I bought were all albums by people I eventually wrote books either with or about. The Supremes, Sonny and Cher, The Beatles, uh, The Rolling Stones, Three Dog Night, all of them I I uh, have met members of their group, uh, had something to do with them, and put them in my books in some way. So it's kind of like a childhood dream coming true.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I've got eight books out myself, and no, no million sellers, not, nothing like what you have. But I, I, you know, know a couple of folks who, who have a ton of books out. And there's one old guy, uh, I, I asked someone who knew him, you know, like, what, what was his secret? Because he had a ton of books. I mean, just a ton right. of books out. And, and what he said is, when I sit down to write a book, I don't get back up until the book's done. <laughs> you know, in essence, he's, he's speaking figuratively. There is
0: this obsession, yes, yeah. it's true. It's true. Once you get in that the space or the zone, uh, you know, you just can't stand it till you've written everything that's on your mind. It's very, very much like that, and you as a writer know that too, I'm sure. Yeah, well,
1: do you use uh, a, a tape recording, for example? Actually, before you answer, let me um, uh, let me remind folks of who they're listening to. Mark Bigo is our very special guest, Frank McKay, here. With uh, Mark Bego, a, a very prolific writer, uh, best-selling author, biographer, uh, just an extraordinary career that he's put together. By the end of this year, he will have 67 books out to his, uh, to his name. Just absolutely amazing. And we're not talking about, you know, books that nobody reads like mine. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, sell, I sell a couple thousand. I'm happy. This guy's selling millions of copies of, of his books and uh, just an amazing career. Mark Bego, and it's still going strong. Frank McKay here with Mark. I, I said tape Thank recorder, uh, which is <laughs> just a, a force of habit. Uh, do you use some kind of recording device to... Absolutely, uh, yeah.
0: absolutely. When I'm, when I'm working with someone, I absolutely sit down and uh, have my tape recorder going and have a conversation with them and, and really connect with what it is they want to communicate. And, and then I, I ask the questions that I think readers will be interested in. Uh, that kind of thing... Has gone on for years with me, and and I've got some great I've got some great interviews. There's a there's a book I want to do eventually called Conversations with My Idols, but I haven't done it yet because I've too been too busy writing other books. So, uh, yeah, definitely tape everything, and I've got all those tapes. I've got all those transcripts. So uh, the books will just keep on coming if it's up to me.
1: Well, let me ask you this: How many unfinished books do you have? I mean, if you have 65 that are complete. Uh, I would have to assume that you, you've got a bunch that were started and you got sidetracked because a priority came uh, ahead of it. Um, h- how many unfinished books do you have?
0: Probably about three or four. Um, wow. I've got a Kurt Cobain that, that, uh, that I sold to a publisher that went bankrupt and that it never went anywhere. Uh, There's a couple of other ones i started. One of the things, I'll I'll tell you something fascinating. When I was starting out, I really was dying to have my first book be a book about the Supremes. So when I had the chance, I was working for Record World magazine, which is long gone, a 70s industry magazine. And I got an assignment to review the Supremes uh, and their new show in 1974. So I went to meet Mary Wilson with my tape recorder, and I said to her in 1974, December it was, Uh, I said, you know, I really want to write a book about the Supreme. She goes, oh, well, we've got to stay in contact and do something. Well, I'll be darned if one of the books that doesn't come out this year is my book with Mary Wilson, Supreme Glamour. It's been 44 years in the making. So this is an absolute dream for me to work with my dear friend, Mary Wilson. And she is one of my dearest friends. So I'm really thrilled about this.
1: Yeah, uh, she's she's wonderful. I, I just interviewed her last year. And I was dying to interview her for the longest time. She's really lovely, down-to-earth, um, just, uh, you know, lovely. But congratulations on
0: uh, Thank you so much. It's called Supreme Glamour, and it comes out in May in the U.K. and in September in the U.S. Uh, and it's full of fabulous photos, a lot of never-seen-before never seen photos of the Supremes and some really exciting stuff.
1: What's the name of the Aretha book, and where can people get it?
0: The Aretha book is called Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul, and uh, it's on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, uh, or at your local bookstores. You can, you can go there, and if they don't have it, they can order you a copy. I am proud to say that's a book that I started in 1989. St. Martin's Press put out the first edition. And when Aretha passed in uh, August of last year, my publisher, the, the most recent publisher, Skyhorse Books, uh, decided to bring out the book immediately, an immediate edition, and it ended up hitting number one in Amazon. My first number one, bonafide number one. Wow. Congratulations. So I was on, thrilled about that. Yeah,
1: congratulations on that. I, you know what? I was impressed uh, before you, when, you, when you said you have
0: three unfinished books. I just assumed there would be a lot more than that, but I guess. Well, there's probably, I, I know there's outlines of other things that i proposed. Oh, my God, I've done several proposals. There are probably about ten of them that never sold. Uh, and, and the nice thing is a lot of these, these end up revived. Uh, Joni Mitchell is the one that I tried to sell for years and then finally sold it, uh, uh, about 15 years ago. I was absolutely enthralled with Joni Mitchell and her music. And I got to meet her at the Grammys one year and I was so impressed with her. She was so nice, so down to earth that my enthusiasm ended up selling that book. So that, that sat for years <laughs> as a proposal in my office and, uh, Uh, I eventually sold it. So all these things don't, you know, don't go to waste. I keep everything because you never know when you're going to put things together and and come up with something something usable. You mentioned Mary
1: Wilson. You mentioned Aretha. Uh, What's the third book you have coming out this year?
0: Uh, Elton John. Wow. Just Uh, in time for his biographical movie. Yeah, very good. This is excellent. It's coming out in Germany first, and then it's coming out in the United States. So I'm really excited about it.
1: You know, I, I'll uh, be very impressed if, if you put out a Queen book uh, or a Freddie Mercury book two years ago.
0: <laughs> I, wish. Yeah. I wish. I wish. I should have seen that one coming, to tell you the truth. I remember meeting Freddie Mercury at a party back in the 80s, and uh, uh, I always remember that. Nice, nice guy, and what a fascinating career. And, my God, that movie has done so well, and it's forced me to get all my Queen albums out and... Give him a, a new listen. Uh, just, just amazing. And I'm sure the Elton John book is going to ride that kind of wave as well because of the movie that's coming out.
1: Mark Bego, everyone, is the voice that you're hearing. Just a wonderful uh, story. Just uh, his successes is, is is twofold. He writes very well, and he uh, and he sells very well, and uh, and and, and <laughs> writes a lot. Maybe it's threefold. Uh, I just uh, uh, an unbelievable career that he's put out by the end of this year he'll have 67 books out to his name and uh, you know anyone who's struggling to write the uh, all-American novel or the great American novel or whatever uh a- and say oh I just I just can't get it together I mean uh, this guy's an inspiration How about 65 bi- well not all biographies I got to say right but 65 No I actually books.
0: did I, I I ended up doing my novel that uh Uh, that I had started uh, years ago. I finally got that out about 10 years ago called Murder at Motor City Records. It's kind of like if you took Motown Records and mixed it with an Agatha Christie mystery and uh, all the people on the label are the suspects.
1: Do you have a, and and again, I'll remind folks, Mark Bego here with me, Frank McKay. uh, Do you have a common trait that you're seeing in all of your biographies uh, that, these folks have in them Uh, and you know i I guess the easy thing is they're a drive there or somebody would say oh they're just super talented but but a lot of these folks and without you know throwing rocks at anybody a lot of these folks are more talented than some of the others and but there's something that makes these folks uh successful can you can you give us some common ties
0: well yeah absolutely I, i think i think you hit upon the three common things you have to have some sort of talent and you have to have uh you know some sort of genuine uh drive drive is another thing to to succeed and then you just have to be at the right place at the right time it's it's just amazing how uh you know how how that focus is i i've done a book with uh a gentleman named Ephraim Harcom that comes out this year and he's a hotel owner he's got 250 hotels around the world that that uh he manages or has influence over and one of his theories to success is just show up. Make the effort. Show people your enthusiasm, and they'll they'll connect with it. And I think that's so true in this business. In show business, whether you're a writer or a singer or an actor, just keep showing up and showing your enthusiasm and your talent, and eventually it's going to work out.
1: You know, I mean, that's great advice. I, I always say uh, when there's... Uh, if, if, if you had to, like, sum up something, it, whether it's an organization like a PTA or a Little League or a political campaign or, or a corporation, uh, the world is run by those who show up. And the people who just show up and, and just are there and ready to go every time, uh, they're running the show. I mean, for the for the most part, those are the people. Everybody else kind of drops out or drifts away and...
0: Um, well, exactly. I mean, take Mary Wilson, uh, Diana Ross, and Florence Ballard, so determined to make their group the supreme to hit, they would show up every day at Motown Records and sit on the front steps trying yep. to get in the door to sing backgrounds. I mean, that's the kind of moxie drive and, uh, and talent that you need. Just keep, keep knocking on those doors. Keep uh, writing those publishers, uh, sending your tapes to uh, music executives, and eventually it can work out right.
1: Uh, Mark Bego, uh, congratulations on all the success and uh, a lot of future success coming up. And that Elton John book and, and the, uh, the Aretha book, obviously, uh, is, uh, is already very successful. But the Elton John book and uh, and, and Mary Wilson book are going to be hits as well. Uh, Mark, give us a, a website, a social media site, someplace where people can follow along with what you're doing.
0: Yes, my website is www.markbego.com. So it, it's real easy to find. Just Use My Name, and uh, you'll see things like my rock and roll cookbook, Eat Like a Rock Star, that came out uh, a year or so ago, uh, another top ten bestseller, which put together all these people. I got to put the recipes of all my favorite rock stars uh, together uh, in this book, and it's been a a huge success and a lot of fun to do.
1: Well, again, congratulations. Uh, Thank you very much for being here, Mark. Maybe I can get a part two with you one of these days.
0: I'd love it. I'd love it.
1: All right, well, thank you very much, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, buy all his books if you can. You'll go broke buying all of his books, but, <laughs> but uh, Mark Bego is, uh, is, is such a worthwhile uh, subject. Uh, it, him alone and his career alone is just fascinating. 67 books by the end of this year uh, will be to his credit. Just an amazing writer and a wonderful career still going strong. And, and the three books coming out uh, this year are Aretha, uh, we know about, but the uh, uh, the Elton John biography will be coinciding with the with the film, and that that's got to be a big hit. Mary Wilson of the Mary Supreme Wilson
0: Supreme Glamor coinciding with the 60th anniversary of Motown.
1: Yeah, w- listen, way to go! And and I want to thank everyone for tuning in. But go go to Amazon, buy his books, and uh, and, and take a look at him. Google them, Go to his website, and you'll see the, the list. It's uh, it's staggering, and just an amazing career. Mark Bego has been our very special guest, Frank McKay, signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.